Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, you're not paying attention. You're literally not paying attention. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Ollie Hunter, Will Gavin, Matthew Sherry's gallivanting off to the Great Lakes on the Gridiron Touchdown Trips Tour. Yeah, we're not jealous much, although it's freezing out there. On today's show, we'll break down Thursday Night Football. The Raiders won. Spoiler alert. And we'll look at the rest of... Is it week 10? Week 9? Week 10? Week 11? Who knows? This is the Gridiron Show. Hello, welcome to the Gridiron Show. Ollie Hunter in the studio with plane flu, not fun. Um, Will Gavin at home, not with plane flu. How are you, Will? I'm very well, buddy. I'm very well. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plane flu, uh, a bit coffee, a bit spluttery, um, headachey. I know. I had to go to Japan for the World Cup. I know. Woe is me. I know. I'm not. I'm not feeling great. But it does give my voice a, a slightly more resonant, sexier tone. So. You know, every every, I will every leave cloud that up to the audience to decide. Uh, at Gridiron at Ollie Hunter at Talk Gav on the old Twitter. Do does Ollie have a sexy voice? <laughs> yeah. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know what's been going on, really. Uh, you know, same old, same old, really. Just working, uh, getting my thing done. Got a couple of exciting things coming up over the next two weeks, NFL related. Yeah, I'm looking forward uh, to one of them, especially couple of Super Bowl winners hitting UK soil over the next couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we, we got, actually we got offered Matt McGloin today in the studio, but it was just a bit too short notice, uh, the former Raiders quarterback. Um, yeah. He's in doing Sky this next weekend. But then Cliff Averill's doing the two weeks after that, the former Seahawks and Lions defensive end. So we're getting him in for like a half hour, 45 minute bit of a retrospective chat Ooh, great. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And the same week we're speaking to Cliff Averill, we're speaking to the greatest wide receiver of all time. So it's all very exciting. Randy Moss. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Although do, I do love Randy Moss. Do you think Jerry Rice will remember us? I don't think he will. When he, ca- no, when he came I'm on the gonna, Gridiron Show once. I'm going to play the, uh, oh, you had a 45-minute chat with uh, our editor, Matthew Sherry, about his book. So I'm going to try and play that card. And in fact, actually, because uh, he's really kind of limited for time, he's overdoing stuff with the NFL UK Academy, mm-hmm. um, leaving him a little bit on the limited side. I'm going to see if Sherry can use his links through getting him for the book to arrange us a separate sits down that's not you know an official one but shh, don't tell anyone i'm doing that because i'll probably get in trouble with yeah. nfl uk for yeah, doing yeah. it don't definitely don't tell nfl uk please <laughs> i mean that's serious please don't uh, so uh week 10 in, in, is it week 10 
It is week 10. Thanks. Yeah, well done. Good. Proud of you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, I'm already 1-0 in the picks after taking the Oakland Raiders last night. I forgot like, to do it, but I would have taken the Raiders, but I forgot well, to do it. Well, you forgot to do it, so it's not good enough, yeah, mate. I have gone count. a bit wild card out of that this week. There's probably only a few matchups we need to get into in any real depth, so I will just run through the games. We had, if you missed yesterday's NFL 100 podcast about the history of black players in the NFL, uh, including interviews with Doug Williams, with um, Tony Dungy, with Lee Steinberg, it's a... It's a really interesting listen. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed doing that one. And we've got another one coming out tomorrow with Franco Harris and Terry Bradshaw Ooh. talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Double bubble. Bubble double. Yeah, bubble double that as well. So uh, let's crack on. We'll start with Thursday night football. The Oakland Raiders with a uh, 26 to 24. I nearly said 27. I forgot about the missed extra point. 26 to 24 win over the Los Angeles Chargers. It was a game that the Raiders... And the, the the Chargers, probably come the end of the fourth quarter, both felt like they should have been winning much more handily. I, I don't know if you won, I watched last night, but essentially it started off with two Philip Rivers interceptions in his first five passes, including a pick six, which put the Raiders in a really strong position. But come the end of the quarter, they scored a touchdown to make it uh, 17, uh, uh, 17 apiece or 2017, um, quite late in the... Oh, it was to move, no, move 17-14 up, sorry. Um, kind of late in the quarter. And before that, they'd had 100 yards of total offense and honestly looked entirely anemic on that side mm. of the ball. The side of the ball that we thought that they were going to be good on in this game and we thought we were going to see a little bit of a shootout. They just kept shooting themselves in the foot penalties killed them massively um and and just really really poor decision making at times it just did, it looked really disjointed from the raiders um they came out in the second half looked much more impressive moved the ball a lot better uh, got went up ahead uh, they were from the um they were 24-7 uh, sorry 24-20 down scored the touchdown missed the extra point and the chargers were left in a position where they had about a minute and 5 seconds all three timeouts and only needed to get into field goal range for mike badgley who's been really good from long range this season And they managed to go, well, four and out initially Mm -hmm. uh, through four very poor passes from Philip Rivers. Really, really poor offense, considering they were just going for the deep shot every single time and not doing particularly well with it. They don't have a field stretching element, but they got saved by a penalty. So they got a first down off of that. Um, And then they just did exactly the same again, and it resulted in a pick on fourth down. It was honestly one of the worst offensive series I've seen from any team this season. And and overall, I've I've kind of, you know, I think the Chargers, I was really feeling them going into this game. I know I picked the Raiders because I just home team Thursday night football is like my rule. But I was thinking the Chargers had a real chance in the second half of the season after that big win over the Packers to start putting something together. They looked so much better on defense. The pass rush was really coming up and doing well. Uh, you know, the offense, even Melvin Gordon, who the running yards haven't looked good, but he's had, he had five touchdowns over his four appearances so far. So, you know, there's, there's lots to like about this game, but lots to like about this team. But, the Raiders absolutely manhandled their pass rush. Joey Bosa was nowhere to be seen. Trent Brown and Gabe Jackson were both excellent on that side of the line. Um, and the other thing is, is that other than Eric Harris will get a lot of the love, the, the fourth-year safety, who ended up getting three picks in the end, including the game-killing one. Um, but it's the 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 rookies who are so impressive. Max Crosby and Cleland Fowler, between them, had um, over 20 quarterback pressures. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah, they were really impressive. The, the Chargers line couldn't cope. And Philip Rivers, he's looking old, isn't he? And I know it's no secret his, his throwing style. But, God, it's weird. It's like a shove, isn't it? He sort of shoves the ball through the air. And um, he doesn't seem to have much depth with his throws either. Uh, the, the interceptions were bad. All of them were bad, and there was one interception that was chalked off, which was all, which was as worse. So, I think there's a big worry that um, there is, from my point of view, anyway, that um, Rivers is regressing, and we're seeing it happen before our eyes. Yeah, and, and the problem is, is that he still has. I mean, he's a guy with he's he takes shots. That's who he is. He's a guy with a ridiculously high yards per completion. But you need to play the situation. You need to realize sometimes you just need to take the the five yard short route. And the the Raiders defensive backfield, as much as I've just praised Eric Harris, isn't looking particularly strong. Their their power on their defense is coming up front. They don't have a great linebacker core either. It's a team that could have been picked on in this game, and they just didn't scheme mm. it up very well at all. The running game wasn't as effective as it has been in recent weeks. It just felt overall, it just looked really disjointed. It doesn't kill their opportunities of the playoffs entirely. But after back-to-back wins, including that very, very impressive victory over the Packers, you feel like if they'd won this one, gone to 500, and then you looked down the stretch with some winnable games against the Broncos, the Raiders again, but at home, um, you know, there, there were there were games in there that you thought, right, they can win three or four more of these. They can put on a bit of a charge, as it were. Now they have to win every game they've got left this season, and I just don't see it with facing the Chiefs twice as well. But for Oakland, yeah, you know... Sherry called it, hold- didn't he? Yeah, uh, let's not give Matthew Sherry too much praise. Yeah, well, uh, good point. point. (laughs) He gets gets very big-headed. But they're just a game out in the AFC West. They have a much, much easier schedule down the the pipeline with the Bengals and Jets, the next two up for them, uh, plus the Broncos and Chargers to close out the season. A Titans team at home who we don't know what they are, but... How incredible. First of all, there's, there's, there's a lot of things to get into with this Raiders team. Mike Mayock's done a brilliant job this year. And for the people who will go, eh, you were really snotty about, uh, about Gruden. It's been a good coaching job this year. But I do think the pairing has been what's made the difference. Because yeah. his recruiting last season was not very good at all. He overpaid for bad players. He let, obviously, Khalil Mack go out the door. Yes, he picked up picks, and those picks ended up turning into some impact rookies this year. But I think that Mike Mayock needs to take a huge amount of praise for that. And then the home crowd. I mean, for a team that is being wrenched out of the city and moved into this Las Vegas project... Their crowd were phenomenal at this Coliseum yeah. last night. And you just think fair play to the people of Oakland who are still getting behind this team at a time when they have every right to entirely abandon them. Just under um, 52,000 out of 56 turned up. So they're still supporting the team. The team are, are playing well. I know it's a little bit of a rivalry with the Chargers, but you can't deny that that kind of support is helping them along because they were loud and potentially a, a, a significant factor in Philip Rivers and the the final drives not not doing anything so you've got to put some some praise onto the crowd yeah you're right it's um it the fact that we went there what was it last year um it's kind of devastating really that they're leaving for for the dollar um they're taking that gamble to go to Las Vegas it's not a gamble 
but you know, just wanted to get it in there. Just a good gambling reference, yeah. I appreciate it, yeah. buddy. I really did. Thanks. Buddy. I really did. Um, should we crack into the uh, the week ten? Slate? Yeah, let's do it. There's some of these games we'll be able to gloss over. The best games are the, are the primetime games this weekend. Vikings at Cowboys and Seahawks at 49ers on Monday Night Football. Plus the uh, the CBS game of choice in the 925 window, the Panthers-Packers one. So we'll, we'll do all the other games and then we'll end on a nice bit bit more of a deeper dive on those games. Yeah, yeah. Um, if that's all good with Yao, uh, we'll do them in the order that they're on the thingy. Yeah, you, you go. Uh, so the Atlanta Falcons facing off with the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Um, unsurprisingly, I've picked the Saints for this one. The Falcons are just a badly coached team. Interesting that, that Matt Sharp and that offense have managed to move the ball and that actually Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones really have had the beating of this Saints defense, even as they've improved over the last two years. So there's a there's a chance we get a little bit of a shootout. There's a chance that we get, you know, a, a tighter game than some are expecting. But I would still expect the Saints to... to yeah, if if I was putting my house on it, I'd be taking the Saints in a big way. Yeah, same. Kamara's come back. Uh, expect a, a shared backfield and a, with uh, Latavius Murray, your mate. Um, but the Saints are in the Superdome. Have to be massive favourites. I don't know what the line is. Uh, Thirteen and a half. Um, so I think that's. Almost, it's almost generous because the Falcons are are a dreadful, dreadful football team, and they're in that top five or bottom five of the worst football teams in football. Um, fluke their way to a win at the beginning of the season, so yeah, I'm taking the Saints in this one. Uh, I can't see anything different. I, do you know what? As well, I think uh, uh, Taysom Hill. I had to wrestle that name from my memory. Ooh. I think Taysom Hill may have a big game in this. Um, He's been used a bit more freely with uh, with Drew Brees being back. Um, not as much when it was when it was Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know whether they they didn't have particularly the right uh, plays ready for him and, and practice with Teddy. So I think uh, watch out for Taysom Hill. I reckon he's going to have a big game. Uh, let's talk about the Arians Bowl. Not the Arian Bowl. That's a very different game. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> the, the Arians Bowl as the Arizona Cardinals travel to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is actually <laughs> sneakily, a sneakily good game, isn't it? Am I right? Only five and a half wins between them over the first ten weeks of the season. And yet, I'm kind of like, there's something about this game that just makes me feel a little bit intrigued about it. The Bucks. Yeah, played incredibly tight against the Seahawks last weekend, uh, which I think is more of an indictment on the Seahawks' defense, which ranked, I think, 25th in the league, I was reading earlier. So I think that's worse on the Seahawks than it is praise of the Bucks necessarily. But, you know, they could have come away from that game with a victory and been kind of, uh, yeah, it would have been a great road win over an NFC West team. The Cardinals have looked friskier since their start to the season, although they've dropped a couple on the bounce. Um, it's it's two offenses that we really wanted to see going into the season, what they could put together, and two that have been incredibly up and down, which makes this a really, really difficult game to call. I Yeah, I 100% agree, because the de- defense is, Tampa's defense is all over the shop. It's just, what what they allowed Russell Wilson to do last week was was almost criminal. But um, the, the Cardinals' offense, 
They've got stuff going. They're using those those rookie wide receivers. Yes, uh, they're using those guys. Getting them. <laughs> is it Keyshawn Johnson and uh, Andy Isabella? Getting them touchdowns. Getting them touches of the ball. You've always got the Larry Fitzgerald in there as well. And Mike Evans is having a ridiculous year. A ridiculous year. Fifty receptions for eight hundred and forty-two yards halfway through the season. On pace for over what's that? Sixteen hundred yards for the season. He's having an amazing year. Um, Jameis Winston, though, has been good in four games and bad in four games. So, hmm. what ga- what Jameis Winston's going to turn up is going to dictate whether the the Bucks win or not. I'm taking the Buccaneers. I think I'm taking the Buccaneers at home, but the one thing I think that Arizona will be able to do is run the ball. We saw how good Kenyon Drake was. Yeah. We were just giving the Buccaneers praise for a, for a, a close run loss. Uh, the Cardinals deserve the same for that 28-25 loss. Because that was over a week ago now. It feels like so long in the so NFL weird. nowadays because it was so Thursday weird. night football last week. Um, but they are expecting to have David Johnson back this weekend, so it'll be really interesting to see how they use Johnson and Drake. I'm leaning on the Bucks at home, but I, 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 I might switch that. I'm really, really kind of, I'm, I'm flitting on it. I kind of like the Cardinals to yeah. run on them. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs at the Tennessee Titans. The expectation is that Patrick Mahomes will be back for this weekend, but um, it, basically it's just down to whether or not he's physically ready. He's been going through some of the training this week. It feels like he doesn't need to take the offensive snaps. And actually... You know, Matt Moore, they've had a guy who's been more than a sufficient fill-in, two and one with him there, and actually done really well with him. Uh, You look at his stats under centre, very good under pressure, very good in the play-action game. So they've schemed really nicely for him. I don't know what this four and five Titans team are. Really impressive two weeks ago, and then just with a a dreadful loss last weekend. Um, I think we'll see a, a lot of Derrick Henry in this game. Yeah, I think so as well, actually. Um, I don't understand why against Carolina, he he was only used twice in the first half and then they used him on one drive in the third quarter where he ran almost the entire drive and got a touchdown and then grabbed another late garbage time jobby. But 99 yards and two touchdowns looks great and yet they only really used him on one drive of the game. So I think a Chiefs defence that's 29th against the run. If the Titans are going to win this game, they need to pound that rock. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, Mahomes has been listed as a full participant on Thursday. So I reckon he'll play. Uh, It's just how mobile he is, isn't it? And are they going to change the way that he does play? A bit like when uh, Aaron Rodgers went down in that Bears game, what was it, the first game of the year last year, or two years ago actually, and uh, came back and just stood in the pocket and threw some darts around and and looked ridiculous. Are they going to do that with Mahomes, with Mahomes, or is they going to let him run about? Is it, what's it going to be like once he takes a hit? There are so many intriguing questions on the other side of the ball. Um, he he should be able to to do some things against this Tennessee defense. Sean and Malcolm Butler, who's who's down down and done for the season. So I think this is a really interesting and I'm going to say it's spunky game. I'm looking forward you're, to this you're one. Being, you're being very kind about these games. Uh, I think this could be trash, but there we go. Uh, the thing is with the <laughs> Chiefs, they've got Frank Clark back in practice this week. Kendall Fuller back in practice this week. I thought up front against the Vikings, they looked the best they've looked all season with Chris Jones back and healthy as well. And the Titans have given up the most, I think the most sacks in the league or certainly in the top five. Let me just double check that before I make that ridiculous claim. Uh, they have allowed an NFL worst 38 sacks 
this season. So hmm. uh, I'm taking the Chiefs on the road, but I think they surprise people and do it with a bit of a defensive performance. Yeah, how many of those sacks are Mariota holding the ball for too long? And oh yeah, probably. So probably yeah, and, you know, sometimes those uh, those stats are can be misleading. You got to look at. I'm, I'm telling you how to do your job. I'm out of order. What's next? The New Jersey Bowl, uh, Gotham Bowl, the Gotham Bowl. Uh, can I just say I'm taking the Giants and move on? Yeah, I'm taking the Jets. There we go. We've disagreed on something. Woo. I don't care why. Um, <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Uh, the Buffalo Bills face the Cleveland Browns. A little bit of Browns news this week. Uh, they signed JC Tretter to a three-year, $32.5 million extension. Uh, he's the, the, the center of that line isn't bad at all, or certainly at least the right center of that line isn't bad at all. JC Tretter um, is, a, is a good center, very much deserving of that contract. They need to build around him. Um, you know, it's Tretter and Batonio that I like, so they need to just build further. I saw his left side of the line then with Chetta. Oh, God, I'm confusing myself. Chetta then Batonio at left guard. They still need a right guard and two tackles, but they've got two parts of their line, so well done, Cleveland. He was one of those players when Green Bay let him leave a couple of years ago. I thought, oh, come on, guys. I know our line is generally pretty good, but you've got to keep some of these really, really good players. He was more than decent as a as a rookie in his, and, and then into the, the further two years of his deal. Um, so I was gutted that he left, and it's no surprise that he's been given this massive extension because he's he's brilliant. He's he's a really really good player. The Browns have lost four straight. They haven't won at home yet. Baker Mayfield appears to be regressing. Kitchens can't call plays and run a team. They've got absolutely zero discipline. They've too many turnovers, too many dumb penalties, questionable play calling. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I, there's part of me that thinks the Browns will have like a, a second sit half of the season bounce back because after this Bills game, they get the Steelers twice, the Dolphins and the Bengals twice and the Cardinals. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a nice that's, finale to the season, isn't it? That's six of their seven games. So the Steelers have had a bit of a bounce back the last couple of weeks, so maybe they're not as easy. But other than the Ravens game, they've got six winnable games in their last seven. So I think we might be at the end of the season looking at a team who end up finishing like... Six and ten, seven and nine, and we're kind of going, uh, well, maybe they weren't that bad. Baker Mayfield ends up with some decent stats. My worry for them is that that convinces them to keep Freddie Kitchens around because I just don't think it was a weird appointment in the first place with how little head, uh, how little um, experience he, he even has as a coordinator, let alone doing any head coaching. I think he should be one and done. I like the talent on this team, but I just think the Bills are going to be too strong for them. Yeah, the Bills coming off of the bye as well, and um, they're looking good. I know they're six and two, and there's only what twenty-seven points difference in points for and against. But um, they're they're a hard, hard nosed, hard weathered team, aren't they? Did they they grind stuff out and they've ground out victories? They're three and zero away. Yeah, I'm with you. I expect it to go four and zero. The the Browns can't by, do anything. They're rubbish. By the way, the Chargers for a team who are right now four and six of all six of their games, they've lost by less than a score. I realised last night. How Ooh. ridiculous is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very that chargery, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's the most chargery thing that's yeah. ever happened. 
just a couple more of the early games to talk about. I skipped over one by accident when I was going through the order on gridiron-magazine.com in the Pick'em games. Uh, this is the Ollie Hunter points and laugh bowl. Uh, the Chicago Bears have four straight losses. <laughs> at bottom of their division. But then the Lions have lost, what, four of their last five? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Uh, yeah, they have. Four of their last five. The only win coming against the New York Giants. So, um, not, who, are, who are not a reasonable football team. Um, the, so the Bears will be looking at this thinking home game, chance to get healthy. They've got the Lions twice over the next three games, as well as the Giants in the middle of that. So if they're going to get their season back on the schedule and get to, say, six and five over the next three games and put themselves in any kind of wildcard position, then maybe they can do that. I don't know. I feel a little bit bad for Matthew Stafford because I actually think he's playing really, really well and the team around him isn't very good. And that's a little bit tough because he's made some insane passes and some insane plays from the pocket over the past few weeks and just had no real... No real help around him. The running game yet again is a problem after the injuries that they've had. The line is a problem again after the injuries that they've had. I, I kind of feel like this is going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. I've refused to pick Mitchell Trubisky, but I, I kind of feel like the Bears' defence might be too strong for them. Yeah, but the Bears' defence hasn't really shown up over the last three or four games. Um, Mitch Trubisky is, is awful. Like He's just dreadful. And... I think the Lions have just got a bit too much. The, a factor that could come into this is that the Lions play in a dome. It's at Soldier Field. The weather isn't great. It's cold. There's snow about. We've seen it. Seen Lambeau Field um, under snow as well. And we'll talk about that in a sec. But um, it, that could play into the Bears' hands. Oh, it's such a tight. It's such a difficult game to call. I- I just pulled up the stats on Stafford, by the way, to back up my ridiculous claim that he's playing at a really high level. Um, he's thrown for over 300 yards, over three touchdowns, and one interception or less in the last three games. He ranks second in touchdown passes, fourth in yards, fifth in overall quarterback rating. Like, the guy on another team could be an MVP this season. Yeah, hardly any interceptions as well. He's he's looking really good. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel sorry for him. He's got the receivers in Golladay and Marvin Jones Jr. who's having a really good season. But other than that, no one is helping him out. It's um it's it's if you're a Lions fan, it's what you've seen before. Um also, Mitchell Drabisky isn't an NFL quarterback. Just no. to back up what you were saying, yeah, I, I had a, I had somebody sticking up from again on Twitter the other day. Oh, for goodness' was like, sake, was it was it Ben Isaacs? I did a list. It wasn't, but it might as well have been. Yeah. I, I, I did a list of backup quarterbacks that I would play over Mitch Trubisky right now in the NFL. And, okay, so considering that some of these that I had on the list were ones where it was like, at the time it was Minshew or Foles, I would play either of them over Trubisky, or Mariota or Tannehill, I'd play either of them over Trubisky. I found 17 teams whose backup quarterback I would play over Mitchell Trubisky as wow. a start. And I wasn't including Chase Daniel on that, who I would start over. <laughs> who is Mitchell Trubisky's backup quarterback. So I would play 18 backups over Mitch Trubisky right now, at least. And I could probably be convinced into more of them. Uh, and also players that aren't in the league, uh, one of which we know particularly well. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, so we haven't really said who we're picking, though. I'm going to take a tie. 
<laughs> just leave it blank on the gridiron <laughs> yeah, picks. I'm going to take a tie. Is that how a tie works? I don't know. Um, I, I might take the Lions on the road just to really compound the Bears' misery. But... Yes. Yeah, go on then. Why not? Do it. Uh, right, just one more early game to talk about. Then we'll take a little break and then we'll move on to the uh, the late games, including some good games. Um, the Baltimore Ravens in Cincinnati to face the 0-8 Bengals coming off their bye week. The Ravens coming off that cock-of-the-walk victory over uh, over uh, the Patriots, which we talked about heavily earlier this week. This isn't a team we need to discuss in much more depth. They are going to trounce the Bengals. Yeah, and it's not going to be pretty. Uh, 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 I can't even remember what his name is. The Bengals quarterback who's going to start. Lamar Jackson. He is. That's that's not the Bengals quarterback. It's Ryan Finley. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I thought you meant. Yeah, I just mis- completely misheard you. No, Ryan Finley. Oh, because they've they've um they've naffed off Andy Johnson. Dalton, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, might be the only, we might are be tanking the about this game, but wow. <laughs> it's still not that interesting. Uh, right, let's take a little break and then we'll break down the late games, including some crackers in prime time. You're listening to The Gridiron Show, Willie Gavin, Ollie Hunter, looking forward to the Week 10 games. Are you, uh, are you in this weekend at all? I don't think so. No. When, I'm gonna, when am I going to see your little face, Ollie? I don't know, buddy. I saw I've it got through your, the window the other day, but... I've got your Fiji whiskey. Oh, yeah, you have. I'm thinking about giving that to Adam Farkson as a wedding present, but I kind of don't want to. I kind of just want it for myself. I, I mean, it you might not be any good, it. so you might have to try it just to make sure that it's okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a great idea. <laughs> Maybe I'll take it to the wedding as like, a, let's crack this open yeah. at like two in the morning. Yeah. That could be a terrible, terrible idea. Let's uh, let's talk about the nine o'clock slate. I'm going to save the three good games for, for for last. So let's just start off by saying that the Colts. I don't care if who is under centre, whether Brissett is ready to go. I suspect it's going to be uh, Brian Hoyer. Doesn't really matter. The Colts, like obviously, with with the 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 other team, with the Texans winning last weekend, they're very much you know they need this victory for. Uh, and the fact that they need to improve their AFC record, they need to improve their overall record. Um, they haven't moved a lot, the ball very well on offense recently, and they've allowed a lot of sacks. The, Stol- the Dolphins team have obviously been frisky. So here's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a Colts win, but the, the Dolphins will cover the 11 point spread. Yeah, I, you've took the words out of my mouth there. Um, the it's a great by the way that's a, a great um meatloaf song I took the words right out of my mouth one of my favorites <laughs> 11 point spread <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 11 point spread uh the dolphins have lost a few players mark walton is is suspended and he's looked okay the last couple of weeks um i think it's it's all about it has to be all about uh the colts here the, the, the dolphins won't won't be able to do anything um I, I, yeah, I'm taking the Colts. Uh, fine. Right. right. Rams at Steelers. This is where it starts to get interesting. Okay. Because yeah. the Steelers have had a little bit of a bounce back recently. You had Steelers. me at Rams. <laughs> What's your beef? Nothing. I just said you had me at Rams. You've got me. I'm, in, I'm into it. Carry on. You're, in, you're into the Rams right now. I think, well, I think they, they, they're a bit more interesting to watch. Spunky. 
Uh, the Steelers, after that win over the Colts last weekend, meant they've won three of their... Th- well, they've won their last three on the bounce and four of their last five to move to a position of being four and four and back into the AFC wildcard race. They're at home this weekend. They've done that while moving the ball not spectacularly well, and they have real, real problems, like real problems in the red zone. They would have absolutely potentially trounced Indianapolis last week if they'd actually scored some points when they got down into the red zone. I feel like... I like I really like the Steelers' defence. Do you know what? I, the matchup. I, I think... Here's how I feel about this game. I really had to put this together in my mind. I'm okay. sorry. This, this has been real rambling. Sometimes in the NFL, uh-huh. you only need one one unit or one area of the game to be absolutely dominant to put together a win, even though the opposition are clearly more talented than you. Yeah, yeah. The Rams are undoubtedly a better football team. I loved how Josh Reynolds stepped in after Brandon Cook, so it sounds like he's going to get over his concussion issues by the end of the season based on the specialist he saw this week, which is fantastic. I love the way he stepped in and really helped that offense. I liked how they played defensively, although it was against a bad Bengals team, so maybe we can't count that. But I thought the second half they played a much, much better game defensively. Bit of bend, don't break, but they never broke. Uh-huh. But the Steelers' defensive line has played so well this season and quietly played so well this season against that trash-as-anything centre of the, not just the centre, the middle of the line of the Los Angeles Rams. And a Jared Goff, who isn't good under pressure, if Cameron Hayward, if Javon Hargrave, if TJ Watt, if the lot of Bud Dupree, if they all get after the quarterback a little bit mm-hmm. and you have your Devin Bush spying over the middle, Bushy, yeah. that Steelers front seven could win the game for them single-handedly. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you know what? I like that. You've almost got me convinced. However, the Pittsburgh Steelers do have Mason Rudolph, who is almost as much as of um, not an NFL quarterback as Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so for that reason... I'm taking a resurgent Rams. I'm, I'm, I might regret taking the Steelers, but they are resurgent as well. I, I just, I agree with the defense. Defense is superb. It's great, but the Rams have things on offense that might be able to to get away with it. So, their two tight ends are, are fantastic. Um, they have the wide receiver talent. They've got the running back depth. So, uh, the, the the question is golf. And that and that line, gonna get the ball out quickly. It's it's this is an intriguing matchup. But I'm taking the Rams. Um, after the Packers dropped an absolute turd in Los Angeles last week, this next game could end up being a huge factor on the um, on how the playoff picture looks come the end of the season, particularly in the wild card race. Um, and we'll get on to the Vikings in a moment. It's now Kyle Allen's team with the Panthers. Cam Newton has been placed on injured reserve. Not not just ending his season, but potentially ending his Panthers career. That's that's that kind of hot buzz talk yeah. that's around right now is that they may try and move on from him in the summer. They can cut him for only 2 million dead cap. Although I don't think you cut a quarterback who's only on 18 million a year next season. I think you would keep him around and just have him on the roster as well. But if they can get, a second round, a first round pick for him, something nice and high from someone, then I think that they, uh, they end up keeping him. I don't, Let's talk about this situation first before we get into the game. 
Does any team in the NFL, considering that this same offseason we're going to have Mariota, maybe Winston, Dalton, probably Teddy Bridgewater, or maybe Drew Brees hitting the market if he wants to keep playing. Tom Brady could actually hit the market this summer. And I mean that more than just saying because his contract's up. Apparently, he's put his house on the market. His trainer's put his house on the market. There's all sorts of rumors that he's done in New England, basically. Whether that means he's done for his career or what, I don't know. Plus, a quarterback draft where you've got at least three guys who are being talked about as top-tier guys. So we're talking about eight, nine quarterbacks going to be available for quarterback needy teams. Did you mention Dalton? Yeah, I did. Does, yeah. does anyone put something up for Cam Newton this summer? I, can't, I really can't see it. Not with the injuries. Not with the injury record and um, the repeated hits that he's taken. He's a difference maker. I remember seeing this week um, highlights of his rookie season, just rushing touchdowns he scored in his rookie season. And my God, he looked incredible. Absolutely incredible. But the the injury record, is it has to go against him getting, I think, anything more than a fourth-round pick. I don't think any team would give up Ooh. anything more than a fourth-rounder. because it, This is a because former of the risk. MVP, a former number one overall pick, a guy who's taken his team to a Super Bowl before, and we're saying he is not worth more than a fourth-rounder this year. It's the risk. There's so much risk involved. You give up a first for him. I mean, that's ridiculous. But you give up a first and he gets injured and then what a waste. So you've got to... I'm factoring all of those things in. A fourth seems about right. I don't know. What do you think? Are you saying a second? Are you saying nothing? Low second, maybe a third, but I don't think anyone does it. I actually just think the Panthers end up keeping hold of him. Oh, I didn't even mention Foles Minchu as a situation. Yeah. But actually, like, unless they can get – again, that's, that's another big one. Like, in another offseason, the Panthers could go – the Panthers, the Jags could go, we really like what we've got in Gardner Minshew. Um, let's move Foles for a, a first, a second, whatever. Yeah. You know, still playing off those two playoff runs and that Super Bowl win. And let's get him off the salary cap, get a nice high pick and continue our kind of our restructuring that we've had, been having to do over the last couple of seasons. Maybe we can keep more of the defensive pieces than we were expecting to because, you know, that defensive line is going to get a little bit decimated with their cap situation. But no one's going to take him for a pick. I can't I just can't see anyone spending on him. It's too there's too much out there available. Yes. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So on to this game. Um, the Packers, as I say, a sloppy as hell loss uh, in Los Angeles last weekend. That's what I want to see from this game. I want to see the Packers back at home in the freezing cold in the snow. Was that a blip? Or, you know, are they not as good as we thought they were? I don't think they're as good as we thought we were. What? Oh. Um, I I think if you look back at some of those games, in especially the last five, the win against Detroit was by a point. The the win against Dallas, you really thought, yeah, do you know what? Things things look good. Against Oakland, the 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 anagram score, forty two twenty four, um that that was closer than the score the scoreline suggests and it was some gunky stuff at the end that, that stretched it stretched it out. And then against KC, they were lucky. So I, th- I the Panthers looked, are a deep I genuinely thought they looked good on offense in the two weeks before last weekend. Yeah. 
And then it all just went out the window very, very quickly in that game. I, I honestly, I didn't think that they were bad at all. Oh, Oli, 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 I'm taking, I'm say? taking the Packers because of the the the, the climatic conditions. They're used to this. Um, the Panthers are coming from from warm South Carolina, and they're going comparatively, and they're going to the the freezing tundra. Um, and the Packers have to have a response. They have to. So for that reason, I'm taking the Packers. But the Panthers will run them close, hundred percent. Right. Um, I'm also taking the Packers because it's a home and the Gridiron Tour's there and yeah. there's lots of Packers fans yeah. on it and I want to see them do well. But I am excited to see how Christian McCaffrey and his 13 touchdowns and his 1,200 plus yards from scrimmage already this season is um, is going to be nine sc- nine touchdowns in his last four games. Nine! Yeah, we've got a habit of um, allowing running backs to get uh, to... to inflate their stats against us uh so i can allow the third most rushing yards the second most touchdowns to running backs and the fifth most receptions to running back position this season yeah there you go am i switching switch it switch it switch it go on switch it yeah you 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 small panther uh i think the cold will affect kyle allen's brain that's what i'm gonna go with it's lovely and balmy in uh, in Carolina. I don't think he'll be able to handle it. No. Uh, Sunday night football: the Minnesota Vikings face off with the da- the five and three Dallas Cowboys. Um, Game of the week. Vi- well, no, because there's Monday night football still. Oh, yeah, but well, but, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So game of Sunday. Game of Sunday. Yeah. For the first time in a while, we have a the the the, the absolutely well. No, actually, the last two weeks because Ravens Patriots was obviously the right game. Two weeks in a row, we've got very much the best game on the Sunday night, on the Sunday slate, on Sunday night football. Not something that's happened a huge amount this season. Coming off that loss to the Chiefs last week, obviously a tight loss on the road. The Vikings go into this one now, a game back still from the Packers in the NFC North at 6-3. and three. Um, Let's start off with the home team, though, the Dallas Cowboys. So the Cowboys this season have gone 5-3 and three through, they've already had their bye week, obviously. Their three losses come to all of the teams that they have played who are good. They, they have literally, they've lost to the Saints, they've lost to the Packers, and uh, they've lost to... The Jets, who aren't good. The, yeah, that Jets loss is horrible, isn't it? Yeah. But the teams they've beaten, Washington, the Dolphins... The Eagles in that ridiculous, weird Sunday night football game. The Giants, yeah, like yeah. they, they uh, the Giants twice. In fact, I'm yet to see the Cowboys look good against a good football team. And I know that that Eagles game is a little bit of an anomaly, but I want to see them. This is kind of a battle of, and then Dak Prescott is actually part of this as well because the offense has looked great against those bad teams and they're not very good against the, uh, against the, the good teams. It's Kirk cousins under the pressure of the lights in a big game against a good team where traditionally he doesn't do very well against the Cowboys team who this season have that one outlier game, game against the Eagles, but otherwise anytime they come up against a half decent defense, they don't look very good. Somebody this weekend is going to prove us wrong about how I feel about them. 
The last 10 road games against a team with a winning record, the Vikings are 0-9-1. That's absolutely mental, isn't it? They're not good on the road, the Vikings. I really, I'm really struggling with this one, Ollie. It's a tough one. I think the 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 Cowboys tend to they, they recently have shown up in prime time and have shown up and, and performed well, but they're going up against a very, very, very good defense in that Vikings defense. And do you know what? I thought I watched the Vikings Chiefs game back from last weekend. I thought Sherry was overly harsh on Kirk Cousins. It wasn't a good game. I'm not saying that. But I also don't think it was a dreadful game from him. I think he had a couple of really bad moments. But the Vikings haven't allowed uh, points off turnovers in their last five. And it's somewhere where when you look at particularly that Cowboys-Eagles game, the reason that that game is an outlier on their season is they got the early interceptions and forced the Eagles to play from behind. I think without those interceptions, that would have been a tighter game, if not an Eagles victory. But picking up two touchdowns in the first two Eagles drives off turnovers just absolutely kind of killed the game off early messed with Philadelphia's game plan I don't think they're well coached enough Philadelphia to react to being put behind in that situation I think they have to do the same to the Vikings and it's not the Vikings of excuse me very very careful with the ball Davin Cook doesn't give the ball away Kirk Cousins hasn't given the ball away in dangerous positions he's had a few red zone problems this season but I just kind of like I like the Vikings to go on the road and beat the Cowboys, I think. Oh, I think I'm taking the Cowboys, but that's more, I think, wishful thinking than than um, actually looking at it and breaking it down specifically like you are. I Honestly, love... that, even, even that win over the Giants last week uh, on Monday night, the 37-18 to victory, yeah. they had the two big breakaway plays where the Giants just appeared to forget they had to defend the middle of the field. And in fact... Uh, it was a rookie safety whose name has completely escaped me, of course. Uh, but the 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 second long touchdown, the Amari Cooper one, he literally thought they were playing zone coverage and everyone else played man. And it just left him. I think he got the call wrong and it just left him completely exposed in the middle and left Amari Cooper in, you know, a, a, the widest of wide open spaces. He might as well have had the whole field yeah. to himself. So... Yeah, I just think the Vikings are going to tighten up against the Cowboys. I think they're going to be good against the run. I think that they don't give the ball away too much. I don't think it's going to necessarily be an enthralling victory. I think the Vikings might just efficiently go there and beat the Cowboys. I think they're going to get that road monkey off their back. All right, all right. Well, I see where you're coming from. I just think Cowboys at home, AT&T, fantastic stadium. It's going to be loud, prime time. The Vikings have, um, are not great on the road. As you said, I think that I think that road woe that woeful road form will continue. I'm taking the Cowboys. Right, and then we get to Monday Night Football. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Seattle's. We don't Sorry, we we don't preview Monday Night Football on 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 the preview show. That's not true. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to I was trying to hit you off your stride, buddy. Carry on. Chill out. Um, <laughs> it used to be we used to do when we did an extra podcast but that is no longer a thing yeah 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 this is genuinely fascinating and i'm not just saying this as a 49ers fan 
The last time that these two both played a meaningful game against each other, and that is purely down to the 49ers being dreadful, to be clear, nothing to do with the Seahawks, was going way, way back to, to 2013. It was a team that where Russell Wilson would make one or two special plays a game, but it was totally predicated on Marshawn Lynch, on having they're giving him the ball 20 times a game, on having the league's top defense, on completely being able to stop anything that the 49ers were trying to do on offense. You had the Richard Sherman moment. It just, everything about it was set up so far from what they are now, where you've got the 49ers and that ridiculously fearsome defensive front, DeForest Buckner, who actually uh, had a really interesting interview or press conference this week where he talked about like how he has like, you know, dreams about the times that he's missed sacking Russell Wilson because you just figure that you think you figured out his escape routes and then he manages to do something entirely different and yet had four sacks on him in two games last season. So he's beating himself up despite being the defensive player who got to Russell Wilson more than any other player last Mm. year. You've got that element to it. And then you've got Russell Wilson as an MVP Throwing the ball, you've got a, a wide receiver who is number, I think Tyler Lockett is fourth overall in yards and touchdowns, which no one, no wide receiver has ever finished top 10 in yards during the Pete Carroll era. So they're throwing the ball. It's all going through Wilson, but their defense, defense is ranked 28th overall on the season. It's It's gone completely topsy-turvy. It's bizarre what the Seahawks team have turned into. I think my kind of hope is that the 49ers will just be able to offensively with both tackles and Carl Juszczyk back, be able to get far enough out in front that Russell Wilson's heroics won't be enough. Because I fear that if this is a tight game late, that the Seahawks will nick it. Yeah, Wilson has that experience, doesn't he, of, of coming back and, and dragging his team from out of the mud. Did it last week against uh, the Bucks. I think there are a couple of places where it's going to be really key. It's that San Francisco defense. I think they're number one in points allowed, which is just over 12 and a half per game. Um, that can't, is that right? Have the Patriots slipped that far off that one Ravens loss? I think they, I think they have. Because they were at 7.6 per game. That's incredible. If well, that's maybe, the they, case. maybe they haven't. Maybe they, But I thought they have. Anyway. It, it, even if not, they're still second in points allowed, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But they're, they're third in points four. Yet their offense, passing-wise, isn't really clicking that much. George Kittle's doing a lot more blocking for the rushing, which there's so many different weapons that you've got there to, to choose from. And like you said, with Yushek coming back as well, but... With you, when you've got Breeder and Mostart and Tevin Coleman, all of those guys, when they're all f- going to be fit, it will be ridiculous. And th- th- factor in that Jimmy Garoppolo has an unreal stat line when it comes to wins versus defeats. And I, I really like San Francisco in this game. That offense going up against that defense, that defensive line going up against the Seattle offensive line get to Russell Wilson put him down and that's where the game will be won and lost I, I really I really believe in this 49ers team 9-0 and is a, a massive massive possibility really really exciting I, I so my my concern is K1 Alexander being out 
and and the, that means they'll be able to run the ball with a bit more ease. And he's been brilliant in coverage this year. So if Wilson is clever about it and they use Lockett and DK Metcalf over the middle and try and keep it short stuff and try and just move the chains, I think they will do. Yeah, you know, I, I expect it to be a tight and exciting game either way. Um, and also, as much as we've had basically a mini buy for the 49ers, uh, George Kittle has still only been limited in practice on Thursday. So after taking that nasty bang to the uh, to the knee uh, in the uh, in the Cardinals game, he came back into that game and had a really good second half. So I suspect he'll go. But if he's not 100 percent, you were talking about the blocking. I think the reason I think the 49ers win is just that the is that Jimmy Garoppolo really showed what he's made of against the Cardinals last week. And the Seahawks pass rush is massive. It's just anemic. It just isn't. It's non-existent. Mm. I think they'll have to try and do some clever stuff, try to do some blitzing. But going up against a returning tackle pairing and actually a tackle pairing that were there already that were really good while those two were injured, plus Carl Juszczyk back, it's going to be a game the 49ers win, but they win it on offense. Weird. Just weird. <laughs> the world's gone weird. mad. The world's gone mad. <laughs> and we've gone long, obviously, yeah, because of that's course. what we do at this point. Uh, so, um, as always, at UK Gridiron on Instagram, at Gridiron on Twitter, uh, the please go and rate and review. Like, honestly, we know how many thousands of you are listening, and we also know how many hundreds of reviews we have on iTunes, and it does get it into more people's ears. And, yeah. you know, We'd, we would love it if more people listened because, you know, then Gridiron would maybe send us on tours instead of sending Matt and Josh. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Otherwise, Ollie, any final thoughts? No final thoughts, bud. I can't wait for football and actually being able to uh, consume it all proper, properly on Sunday. Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Uh- I don't know what your Monday night looks like, by the way, what your, what your work schedule schedule is, but um, I'm getting together with Adam Rhodes, our good Seahawks supporting friend. He's taken Tuesday off work and we're going to watch the uh, we're going to watch the 49er Seahawks game live and, uh, you know, consume some beverages and probably eat some bad food. So uh, well, that sounds want, right. Right up my street. Let's do it. This, this is you receiving the email. <laughs> oh, great. Listen, friends, I finally got the email. <laughs> Uh, otherwise thank you so much for listening and that's an open invitation Adam Rhodes' house is oh (laughs) Uh, thank you very much for listening this has been the Gridiron Show the situation in the Pacific is worse than reported the Japanese are planning something big what's the target Midway from the director of Independence Day a couple dozen planes against all Japanese fleet we got the order to launch discover the incredible true story. Today we're going to be underdogs. Of the World War II battle. Good luck, boys. Fire! Midway. Download and keep now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.